perfect. All right, Liberty Expert Nation, I'm here with Alex Joel. Now, Alex was a candidate in our last election for the federal party, right? That's correct. Right? Yeah, okay. And uh, recently had a debate. It's an age-old debate, and I wanted to talk to him about this because uh, this comes up over and over again. Uh, it, it came up when I took uh, began as leader of the party, um, and it's the idea that uh, we ought to change the name of the Libertarian Party to something else, something that people recognize, um, you know, because we do quite often when we go to doorsteps and, and you know, or door knocking, we say, hey, we're with the Libertarian Party. Oh, I'm not a liberal. Uh, you know, sorry, I'm conservative. And uh, it, it gets frustrating. So I can understand uh, where it comes from. But um, I want to talk to Alex about this. He was in the debate. He took the side that no, we shouldn't change the name. And so I wanted to chat with him about why this keeps coming up and about, uh, about you know, his points against it. Welcome, Alex. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just start with um, your liberty story a little bit. Like, how, how did you how did you come to be saved? Ah, how was I woke before woke was taken from us? Yeah. No, I was in college and I was learning about classical liberalism and the historical aspect. And I think that's me. Never knew that was me and uh, tried to find a party, a political party where I could feel like I belonged. Uh, and I used to be a conservative, uh, like a lot of people within the liberty uh, community, but uh, I just, I felt like they weren't speaking to me anymore. And so I looked for a party that had my views and that was the, Libertarian Party of Canada and the BC Libertarian Party, which just so happened a lot of the same people, they overlapped. So I got in touch with Paul Gittes, who's still the treasurer of our BC Libertarian Party. Uh, and uh, he he got me set on the right track. And I, I started the path to becoming a candidate in uh, a federal election with the, the Libertarian Party of Canada. Nice. Okay. And so... What what's your experience been of uh, a candidate as going out there and, and trying to connect people with this message? Yeah. So the point that you touched on, you know, you, you run into a lot of um, you mean liberal? Like, no, no. Uh, my my message during the debate and I'm sure we'll get more into it later. But my message was that even if people don't know what a libertarian is, that doesn't mean that it's not an opportunity for us. So I, I looked at I look at every time that someone says I asked them, "What's a libertarian?" I explain, "Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff." I say, "We believe somebody uh, should have a better idea of how to live their lives than a politician a thousand miles away." So uh, my experience has been exactly what you what you suggested. It's there is a lot of pushback only in that there's the, the ignorance of libertarianism. And I feel that that's something that we definitely need to work on as a, both as a party, but also as a liberty movement, because there are plenty of liberty-minded people not in libertarian-named parties. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's, I guess it speaks kind of to the whole uh, idea of what's the best strategy going forward, right? And if you think the best strategy is getting votes, then what you might do is adopt a name that uh, that can mean multiple things to multiple people and attract those votes, you know, something as vague and banal as uh, the people's party. Right. 
Yeah. That while the People's Party in the U.S. is a far left party, and uh, you know, up here in Canada, it's something very different. Again, that name, People's Party, uh, is is a good strategy if what you're trying to do is just um, collect votes. Uh, and so, I can appreciate the the that if if you think that collecting votes and forming government is the best way forward, um, then then by all means, figure out a name that is going to attract, collect those votes for you, right? But, uh, you know, I, I think that is a very naive uh, and poor strategy. It's, it's um, I, I've never seen that before. And here's, here's what I said. So you guys had this debate uh, last week and the moderator, Keith McIntyre, reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love, uh, I think the panel would love to have a question from you. Um, can you, would you mind submitting something? And here's what I, here's what I said. And I, you know, I, I submitted a bit more than a question. I, I, I submitted a question and then a bit of a, uh, I, I guess. A post-amble. <laughs> yes. A post-amble. Let's go with that. I was going to say a rant, but that didn't sound clear. Post-amble sounds about right. Uh, Cause it's not really a rant. It's just, I'm trying to approach this rationally here. So here's my question. Is there any historical evidence that government can legislate liberty or restrain itself in the absence of a libertarian population that understands and demands liberty? If the answer is yes, then perhaps gathering votes and forming government is the best strategy. But if you agree with me that the answer is no, then the best strategy is making more libertarians and focusing on those that are most receptive to our message. The liberty brand is growing. The libertarian brand is growing, I should say. It's a word that means something. It's a word that Murray Rothbard, Walter Block, Ron Paul, and countless other activists have helped popularize and educate people on, and the world's a better place because of this. If you agree with me that making more libertarians is the most strategic goal, then I implore you to stick with a name that means something. I know it's tempting to engage in the politics of expediency and adopt a vague name that can mean multiple things to multiple people and might make it easier in the short term to gain supporters. But our battle is slow and steady and rooted in unmoving principle. And that's why it will eventually win if we stay the course. The number of libertarians in in this world is growing, not shrinking. And it would be a shame to miss out on the opportunity to be associated with such an exciting brand. And just as an aside, you know, if you talk to Walter Block, when he first was introduced to this philosophy, he asked Murray Rothbard, how many libertarians do you think there are in the world? And Murray started counting on his fingers and came up with like 22 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that number that is now millions and millions. Yes. Um, the U.S. Libertarian Party is about to take off as the Mises Caucus takes control of the party with a hardcore principled message that's going to appeal to populists and further popularize our brand. We're, we are the original populists. We are, we are, like you said, we're, Alex, we're the original wokesters. <laughs> we're the original red pill people. But we're smart populists, not populists that advocate for collectivism and violate principles of liberty. This is the greatest opportunity in our lifetime to get our message out to people who are disenfranchised by destructive government forces during the pandemic and give them a liberty education. Doing what is right is never easy or expedient, but the good news is that our ideas are picking up steam because of our steadfast adherence to principle signified by one word libertarian i hope that all of those that have sacrificed so much and fought so hard for this moment in time can count on your continued support 
So that was my, uh, my message. And again, I, I think it comes down to those two strategies. Is your goal to change culture and thereby change government? Or is your goal to collect votes and thereby change government? Well, right. I think the historical evidence and just the logical, um, uh, you know, the, the logic of it goes to the fact that you, you, government, you, you can't legislate liberty unless you have that population of people that embrace it. But tell right. me, how did how did the debate go? Um, and what do you think the results were? So we'll, we'll just speak to your question uh, first. I mean, uh, uh, when I when I first heard the question, it was exactly uh, addressing issues that I know you've brought up before with uh, what is our ultimate goal with being a political party under the libertarian name. And I feel that, yeah, it definitely is trying to get a grassroots culture shift uh, more so than it is getting someone elected, because if getting someone elected was the only goal, then absolutely we would water down our message or become a single issue party. And we would just do everything in that realm. But the reality is we want to continue to be that party for so many people that when they feel that there's nobody else that is going to stand up for the philosophy of liberty, that we will still be there for them. And once you start to take the name away from us, we just become another color. You know, the blue, orange, red, greens that are already out there, we're just going to become yellows. <laughs> so, Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we were against these lockdowns when the party formed uh, 45 years ago. Like you can count on it just by looking at our principles. We are a party based on principle. They're they're immutable principles that you protect the individual, that you don't initiate violence, that you don't violate property. Um, And and so you can derive, you know, all like we're constrained to those principles. And uh, I know many people would like to change those principles, make them a little bit more loosey-goosey and vague, you know. um, But again that leads to one direction. You know, I've said this again and again, and, you know, I love uh, a lot of our, I see people that are out there, like a lot of the populists in the people's party, the candidates running there as, as definitely our allies, but these people are reflecting a popular sentiment, right? They're, they're reflecting the fact that people are disenfranchised uh, and we are promoting a philosophy and we are, we are, uh, we're breaking trail, right? We, 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 there's more libertarians in the world because of people promoting libertarianism, not because of people reflecting what's going on in culture right now, of people getting tired of the, of government BS and wanting to install their own government BS. And so, you know, I've said this, this is one of my critiques of Max Bernier's strategy. And, you know, maybe I'm a little butthurt because he didn't take my offer to actually take my spot and be Canada's Ron Paul. He could have used his platform and his stature to really push a hardcore liberty message out there and make far more libertarians than I can make because of his stature and platform. But he chose to go a different route, which is collect votes. And, you know, I think, again, it's a naive strategy. Let's think about the logical consequences of where he's going to end up. Okay. If he has success, uh, that means he's going to maybe have a shot at forming government. And to do that, he's going to have to reflect culture. Uh, and what is culture out there in, in Canada? Well, yeah. it's, it's basically what Justin Trudeau and, and Aaron O'Toole are promoting, right? They're, people are generally concerned about climate change. They're, ge- you know, they're generally concerned about all the things that the mainstream media uh, tells them to be concerned about uh, right. racism, inequality, you know, all these leftist things. 
he's his party's going to have to drift further and further left towards the center if he wants to have a shot at forming government and you know if if you think that forming government is important and that's your strategy well then you would have to adopt those policies and we see this happening in the conservative party right now this is why the conservative party is so far left-wing and if you remember the conservative party started out largely uh because with with uh reform party roots right I mean, these people were very similar in many ways to the People's Party. It was a populist party, started picking up steam. They realized they were going to have to form larger and larger coalitions with other conservatives to uh, actually have a shot at getting rid of the liberals and forming a conservative government, in quotes. Uh, And so they started bending their principles and merging and doing different things to make sure they got in power to save Canada from the evil left. It's an anti-left uh, 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 philosophy. It, it's not, it doesn't, there is no coherent principles to conservatism other than whatever the left is for, we're against. And so that's what they're focused on get rid of the left, form government, and then everything will be great. And we can't risk having principle this election. I hear this over and over again from conservatives because, um, you know, th- this is the most important election in our lifetime yeah. and we can't afford the left is. to win. So they, they violate their principles, they do what it takes to get into government. And uh, you end up with a completely impotent conservative government where government continues to grow at maybe even maybe a slower pace. But, uh, you know, I'm not even sure of that anymore. I mean, Christ, Aaron O'Toole wanted to enact the, the uh, emergency, uh, the, the, whatever the War Measures Act is called now, the emergency act that allows government to suspend civil liberties and expropriate property and do all sorts of things. Well, he was advocating for that over a year ago, and Jagmeet Singh is only just starting to advocate for it now. So now it's like it's almost like conservatives are driving faster than progressives down that status road. But, anyways, um, yeah. So, so uh, sorry that I, I I get passionate about this because it, it just drives me nuts to see all these people with all this potential to actually get something done. To actually, you know, like here, here's what I feel like, Alex. I feel like we're playing the actual game, like. People often say, libertarians, you have no shot at winning. Like, just give up. You're never going to form government. Well, no, no. We're playing a completely different game than you. you. You got, like, we're playing the actual game. This game is hockey, and you are, you are over there playing soccer in the corner, cheering, every, you know, in the corner of the ice rink, cheering every time you score a goal. Meanwhile, we're getting clobbered out here on the ice. We could use a little bit of freaking backup from you guys. Like, get up here, promote a hardcore message, advance libertarianism. That's the only option we have. That's the only strategy that can work. Meanwhile, you guys are over there collecting votes for God knows what. What are you going to do with all those votes? You're going to form government? Then what? Anyways, Alex, comment on what I've said. I got to I got to relax here and have a little (laughs) No, no, I I, I love your passion. And honestly, it's one of the things that's key kept me motivated through getting beaten up in the corners uh, throughout all these elections. I, I have run federally. I've run provincially. I've run for mayor of the township of Langley. I've run in a school board by-election and none of those turn, you know, results were particularly flattering, but I keep going back and people say, Oh, I, I, I appreciate your, your dedication and your commitment. And I, I never hear, I never actually full out here, don't bother, you're not going to win. But that's more to my character. Now, when we talk about as a libertarian party, they say, oh, well, you guys aren't going to win. Why? Maybe then I hear it more. 
about our party, about like, why even bother you guys? I've heard it from people close to me. Why don't you just join a major party where you have a chance of winning and change it from the inside? I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you understand how hard that is either. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I always say, well, if, you know, if the importance is joining a party that's going to win, why don't you just vote for the party you think is going to win every time? I mean, I don't get it. Like why vote against the liberals if you think they're going to win? Why not just vote with them and try to change the liberals from the inside or something like that and join the EDs? Why not just form one giant party and try to change it from within? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you mean like it's a single party? That How could that go wrong, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, no, uh, absolutely. No, to, to your, all the points you made, it's uh, it, it's really too bad when people think that getting votes is the, the only object because then you start to get caught up with... Um, trying to gauge success by how election day results go. And unfortunately, I had a very poor showing this last provincial election that we ran, uh, that SNAP election John Oregon called. And but a lot of my party members had very positive results in that they, you know, highest vote totals ever, uh, or very good percentages within our electorate. And uh you can deem that as a success as a success or you can deem mine as a failure. But the reality is, is that I was still an option for people on a ballot who, when they got to the ballot box, they knew what a libertarian was. They didn't have to do an over amount of homework. They right. knew libertarian is libertarian is libertarian seven days a week. Uh, and that I think just speaks to our name that right. I have to go and explain it to a lot of people. Now, do I have to explain it to the majority of people? Yes, but that's not a negative. That's an opportunity. And there will always be some that hear the word libertarian and that turns them off right away. Well, that, that's going to turn those people off regardless of what our name is. Right. If, they get, if they get wind of, uh, like uh, during the debate, it came up like, oh, we'll just have them check our Wikipedia page and then it'll say that we're a classic liberal party. Well, those people are still not going to vote for us. Right. That's what our name is. So I would rather still have that branding that, like you said, that a lot of people have got uh, blood, sweat, and tears uh, to create. uh, And and like you said, like if the majority of people don't know what a libertarian is, if they don't understand Mm -hmm. the philosophy of liberty, what hope in hell do you have of limiting government if you actually form government? How in the hell are you going to repeal all these institutions, deal with the negative propaganda that the media is immediately going to throw at you, deal with the bureaucratic uh, inertia and and entrenched bureaucracies um, without a a public that demands liberty? It's not going to happen. So the fact that a majority of people don't, if if it's true that a majority of people don't understand what libertarian is, uh, well, that tells us what work we have to do and, and any other work other than making more libertarians and spreading the gospel of liberty uh, is, uh, is just a, a absolute waste of time as far as I can see. And I, I see this too, Alex, when I go to the States, I often speak at libertarian conventions in the U.S. And I hear the, the rhetoric coming out of the, there as, guys, we can actually win if we do X, Y, and Z. And by win, they mean collect votes, right? And, you know, they have had some electoral success in some small districts, like for uh, like municipal elections and stuff like that, and for different uh, state uh, things. Uh, But, you know, like even that municipal election, I think, okay, well, this guy's won. And and now how, how much more liberty 
do the people in his municipality have? How much is he actually able to do? And what happens when he gets voted out next time? Does everything, you know, to do the modest cuts that he make and the modest reforms that he make, um, go away. And, and I mean, we see this, for example, in New Zealand, like there's a fairly classical liberal party there called the ACT, I believe. And um, I remember, I think, 10, 15 years ago, the, they, the classical liberal party in New Zealand actually got some stuff done. Like they actually did what a, a lot of us were amazed and thought maybe couldn't be done. And they, they repealed things like, uh, I think they repo- repealed their version of the DMV or something like that. Mm. Uh, like the department of motor vehicles that, and, and had, I mean, they had all sorts of great reforms, mind you, all those reforms went away as soon as they lost power because there wasn't a population that, that demanded it. In fact, the population eventually voted them out and now there's a giant socialist uh, in charge there. So how'd that work out for them? Right. So all that work put into getting your candidate elected to make some marginal changes that are only going to be repealed the next time the leftist gets elected just seems like an absolute waste of time for me. Uh, I mean, we have so much important work to do. Um, but but I, 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 my point there before I got sidetracked was that I see this coming out of the U.S. Libertarian Party that this pragmatist approach, right? Of and by pragmatist I mean like collecting votes and thinking that that's practical. Um, they they end up with candidates like uh, Bob Barr and and Gary Johnson, you know, former you know Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. Here we have two former dignified, esteemed Republican. Uh, uh, governors that have had some political success and you know they're they're not there's no more libertarians in the world because of guys like that who are very soft on the hardcore principles of liberty um and so uh again it leads to kind of an impotent um an impotent uh execution of strategy as far as i can see and, and now what i'm seeing in the u.s headed up by people like, uh, you know, Tom Woods and Dave Smith and all these hardcore liberty activists, they're joining the party and they're, they're pointing out, look, the reason liberty is, is popular to the degree it is right now is because of guys like Ron Paul, who stood up on that stage and had an unwavering principled message, even though he wasn't going to win votes. Our goal has to be to educate people and convert them to libertarianism. In fact, that's the original stated goal of the U.S. Libertarian Party, which okay. our party is largely modeled on. It started, I think, a year or two after the U.S. Libertarian Party. But David Nolan, his stated goal was we need to educate the public. We need to. That's the strategy. That is the strategy, guys. But uh, anyways, I, I'm curious to know how you felt the de- debate went. Were, were there any arguments you heard from the other side that you weren't expecting or that, that sounded pretty good? Uh, I, I guess I guess my shock was that I was almost convinced by them in the middle of it. <laughs> right. They, they were uh, Paul and Bill. They were uh, Paul Matthews, Bill Morris, and they were very convincing. Uh, they spoke from the heart and uh, and made a lot of convincing points. I would I would say that I would say that one argument I didn't think they would say is that uh, they they mentioned you and they said Tim Moen's better at making more libertarians as a podcaster and as a you know person within you know social media than he is as a leader of a political party and I never never thought of that that may be true or may not be true but I've always looked at the, our political uh, campaigns as a, a soapbox. That the media gives us, you know, every four years or, you know, when, 
you know, every election cycle, we get a chance to speak with the libertarian banner under our name. And that is an opportunity that we should never pass up. And to have to go on that soapbox and not only have to explain your message, but also have to explain what your party name is, that's twice as much work. So I I love that our branding tells exactly who we are to the people that actually are going to be fertile ground. Uh, Because that that was a point I I created for myself uh, just on the fly. It was, you know, what, who is the fertile ground that we're, we're actually trying to find with our message. It's we shouldn't be wasting our time dragging in as many people under the big umbrella as possible, because that's not going to be helpful. Like you said, uh, best case scenario, we get someone elected. Worst case scenario, it's it's that all gets overturned as soon as another uh, group gets into power. So, no, I don't I don't know if there was anything that really any one issue that they brought up that really uh, surprised me other than. Yeah, they were very, very convincing. So when the results came in at the end that actually, you know, a couple people had changed their vote. So in an Oxford style debate, that means the keep the name side one. So that was, I would say I was very happy with that. I think it was 30, 31% wanted to still change it. So, uh, you know, that's the bad news is there's still 31% of people within our movement that want to change it. And uh, yeah. uh, I still have some work to do on those 30%, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a fair point. That's an interesting point to, you know, and, and they may actually be right that look, I'm having more yeah. effect right now for sure with podcasts, social media, blogs, and different things like that. But the only reason I'm having the, the degree to which I'm having success is the degree to which I gained uh, some popularity and some eyeballs on me from running for office from standing on that political stage, I wouldn't have the popularity, the clout, the, the uh, ability to influence people had I not engaged in that political, uh, stood on that political stage. So you can't, you can't uh, say that that isn't effective, that, that standing on that political stage isn't effective. It's highly effective. And I got a lot of media, especially when I ran in a by-election, a lot of local media uh, as a politician, I, you know, I, feel like I, I may have converted more people to liberty than even as a podcaster, but that, that might not be true. But anyways, the degree to which I'm effective is a degree to which I'm willing to stand wherever the spotlight is and preach the message of liberty. And, you know, we need all hands on deck. And, you know, this, this gives me a little bit of insight because it's, it's difficult. One of the difficult things as party leader and as a party is, is to keep, keep, people um motivated right because what happens is people will say oh man libertarianism this makes so much sense um you know i I just recently had uh uh, rob boutillier or boutillier uh the the uh what is his name again patriotic dad he he runs the buffalo tribune very popular uh kind of populist podcaster and blogger and figure uh he just has come out basically as a born again libertarian and he joined the party and he's pumping the tires of libertarianism big time right now he's excited about it and i've seen this before right we we get people when they see this it's like yeah this makes so much sense and this is obviously the right answer and they're like man i'm just going to step on that i'm going to put my name in for uh, political office and obviously people are going to vote for me once they hear this message and then you get one or two percent of the vote and it demoralizes you and you're thinking man i really thought we had a chance here of winning and 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 so you know the thing that worries me is is this 30 percent of people that are involved in the party 
are clinging on to this hope that we're going to be able to win an election and then that's going to make a difference. And they're, they're not going to, they're not going to see all the good they're doing, even if they don't win an election, even if they don't mm-hmm. gather a lot of votes, yeah. uh, they're not going to see the good that they can do by getting good at persuading people and connecting them with the principles and the message of Liberty and staying motivated to stay in this game. Man, there's never been a better time to connect people with the message of Liberty. There's never been a better time to promote the libertarian brand uh, as right now, when we have these draconian lockdowns and everyone's feeling oppressed and everyone's getting tired of it. And everyone's looking for what's the political answer. Like, I feel like uh, everything I've known about the world and politics is out the window. Like no one's protecting us. No one's protecting our rights. And how can this be? How did we get to this place? Well, libertarians have all the answers to that and we just have to connect with people. Now's the time to do it. So I really, you know, I guess for people listening to this, that, that might be on the side of, you know, we need to change the name and collect votes. Um, look, I would just implore you to, to stay the course and, and to recognize the good that you are doing by promoting the, the unflinching unapologetic principles of liberty and connecting people with it. That, that's the answer. It's a beautiful philosophy. More people need to know it. And, and uh, you know, we don't know all the positive unintended consequences that can come from, from a population uh, of, pe- of libertarians, of, of more and more people embracing liberty. Like, I, I believe that as long as we're doing our job, we may, we may never, ever even get elected, right? Like, eventually what's going to happen Maybe. is... Uh, all these other parties are going to have to start, you know, you know how libertarians often say, well, we're socially liberal and fiscally conservative. Well, eventually what it's going to be is sometimes the liberal party is socially libertarian. Sometimes the conservative party is fiscally libertarian. We're libertarian all the time. We're going to keep the pressure on these other parties. Eventually they're going to have to define themselves by authoritarian or libertarian. They're going to have to say we're libertarian on these policies and eventually our libertarian policies are going to be in these mainstream parties. At that point, I don't care if we win an election or not. I've won that we've succeeded right. because right. the culture has put pressure on these parties to adopt libertarian uh, principles and platform items. And we just need to keep that pressure on. Absolutely. Just the fact that uh, there, there's more use of our name in mainstream politics than ever before is, is yes. all. And we've obviously been doing something right. Right. Uh, but again, it's, it's, a, it's an uphill battle. We, we need to acknowledge that uh, no one's getting elected anytime soon. Like you said, we got big name candidates and maybe not as much here in Canada, but I know in the States uh, in the, the U S and state legislation, uh, they've, they've had some success. Uh, I, I know they got a guy elected in the, their state Congress in Wyoming so obviously they've they're they're doing some things well. Uh, we can't just photocopy it though, because of course the the populace here in Canada is very much different than in the United States. So I think what we need to do is just continue to spread that message, so that even though maybe at first somebody might be a little hesitant, a little resistant to hearing, like maybe maybe I do know what's best for me, and I don't need the government to tell me what to do. But uh, as as each successive government comes into power and continues to chip away at your rights and continues to screw things up, whether it's even on purpose or not, because let's, let's, let's face it. There are a lot of well-meaning politicians in government who are doing their, what they think is their best to help people. But 
if we've sowed the seeds amongst a populace that there is a libertarian opportunity and that word is on the tip of their tongue, yes. then the next election cycle, they'll be more, more accepting of our message. They'll think, wow, well, those libertarians were right about that. Maybe, maybe I should give them a chance at the ballot box. And unfortunately, that's not even an option for a lot of people. Of course, we haven't run a full slate in the history of our party and probably not going to happen at the next federal election whenever uh, Mr. Trudeau thinks that it's going to be important to have a snap election. But uh, definitely our, our name is tied to us. I don't care. I mean, People's Party it was a nice option. And I would love to say that they, they split the vote on something. But if you look at their actual percentage, they were almost as inconsequential as us in the results. It, which is sad. I would love to have seen some vote splitting, you know. Yeah, just, and um, and I that, mean, look, that does that doesn't happen. It's just not right, as, right. as much as people say it is. Yeah, and I'd love to see some vote splitting too to punish the conservatives for their violations uh, of liberty. Right. Um, but you know, vote splitting is only a short term win. It, it doesn't mean a long term win. You know, eventually the People's Party, if, if they want to have form government, they're going to have to form coalitions with other conservatives. Yeah. They're going to have to merge with. Yeah. A main, they're going to have to become a mainstream party, and that means adopting status quo uh, cultural uh, norms and policies. And well, look at Alberta, perfect example. What they did on the, the right wing, the Wild Rose Party, was as close to a libertarian party as we were going to have uh, in provincial yeah. politics, and they conceded to join the PCs. And right. that, look, look at what what has that right wing party been doing during the lockdowns? Yeah, it, they've conceded. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they, they've given up everything that they may have possibly sort of stood for. So if you don't at least have the name dragging you back to liberty. Yeah, or- and Alex, that's exactly what they have to do. And this is the thing I have to drive home over and over to people. They have to do that. They have to become the UCP. They have to become uh, the, the CPC. Because if that's your strategy uh, is to form government, you have to become those things you have to reflect culture, and and these parties have never created more uh, of uh, of the ideology that they profess, right? Like the PPC isn't creating more libertarians, the the conservative or conservatives, the conservative party isn't creating any more conservatives. Um, they're just collecting votes and um, by reflecting culture, and, and so who are the people that are actually changing culture? Because those are the people that are moving the world. Those are the people that are that are actually controlling uh, the government. It, who's controlling the government right now? Is it Trudeau and O'Toole and and Jagmeet Singh? No, it's it's the radical left. It's people that aren't that you don't even know about. It's it's people that are out there promoting this principled radical philosophy unapologetically, and they are controlling our politics in Canada. And if we don't understand that and adopt that strategy ourselves, we're conceding uh, to the left. We're conceding to, to statism, to big government. This is why, you know, when you have, um, uh, you know, Jagmeet Singh and, and Elizabeth May on that national debate stage, even the Conservative Party has to have a climate action plan, right? And these people are unflinchingly, unapologetically advancing something that was unpopular 10 years ago and is now mm-hmm. gaining popularity because of their unflinching, you know, devotion to to their their philosophy or their cause they have a cause that they believe in so strongly conservatives don't have a cause that they believe in that strongly i mean in the states conservatives often talk about how they're pro-life or something like that well they're 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 never going to repeal abortion they always 
talk about the things that they say they're passionate about, but then they cave in the end. And, you know, um, so we need, we need to be unflinchingly, uh, principled in our, in, in our thing. Uh, listen, I've, I've, yeah, th- this is a passionate <laughs> topic for me, uh, you know, cause I, I always bang my head against the wall. I would love to have, um, I'd love to have more support. I'd love for our party to have more support and more people getting involved in, in unflinchingly advancing our message uh, because we could be far more effective if we just, you know, if we could run a full slate and people could see that name libertarian on every ballot, you know, that, that will go a long ways to being, Hmm, I wonder what that is. And if they don't vote for us, they see it on the ballot. They start doing some Google searches and they see what it's all about. They start seeing, well, who, who are the political, who are the, libertarian leaders here in Canada what are they saying and 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 then they turn on to my podcast or my blog or or what I'm saying on the party page and next thing you know you know so if you think my voice is attractive and and persuasive and making more libertarians on my podcast it'll be even more attractive and effective and persuasive uh you know the more popularity our party gets the more candidates we can run um so I guess that's my my appeal to people there out there listening to this podcast uh, you know join the party and and step up on that stage and run as a candidate i i had no idea it was going to take me down this path i i, I was very resistant to running it for, at, at all I, I resisted it for months and months uh, even though people were asking me to and i finally did and you know I, I found that it was a brilliant platform to take a message that i i believe in so strongly and i take very seriously and to an audience that was thirsty for it. That's the one thing I, I, that amazed me about this, like on social media uh, and, and out there in the podcast, it's very crowded in that, those spaces. And, and, you know, um, people push back and they, they're, they're, you know, assholes to you and mean and, and different things like that. But actually when you standing in front of your community at a town hall, you get some very earnest, authentic questions and people very curious about what does this mean? And how, how, do, how would you solve this and that? And like having conversations with you afterwards and right. planting those seeds is amazing opportunity uh, by standing up and, and running as a candidate. And I wasn't very good at communicating these ideas when I started. But after you have 100 conversations with people in your community asking you questions and debating you a little bit you start to get more and more effective at it and a better speaker. Um, but Alex, what, where can people follow you? Where can they, uh, you know, find out what you're doing? What are, what are your plans here? Are you going to keep, keep the foot down? Are you going to keep running or yeah. have you been? Yeah, I know. I tell people every chance I get, I get my name on a ballot. Uh, I force people to listen to my message. Uh, the local media, uh, they're, they're, pretty biased towards, you know, progressive leading politics, but they'll still give me my, my 15 minutes of fame. They'll, they'll continue to give me coverage. And I've got the name libertarian attached to me now. It's like, I I run as a mayor and as a school board candidate, and it's still Alex Joel libertarian because that's who I am. So I'm not giving, I'm not giving up that branding regardless if the BC libertarian party changes their name or not. So no, I'm absolutely, uh, if, uh, Trudeau uh, gets what he wants and gets an early election, then I'll definitely be running with the Libertarian Party of Canada again here in Langley East, or sorry, that's Langley Aldergrove, uh, the federal riding, and uh, how people can follow me. uh, I'm not overly uh, uh, active on uh, Twitter, but uh, Alex Joel, at Alex Joel, I've got 
uh, Facebook. I have both my personal page, um, Alex Joel, and then also I have uh, Alex Joel, political candidate for Langley, uh, which is a little less active. Uh, those are probably the best ways. I don't have my own podcast, unfortunately, where I, uh, uh, I don't have, I don't have the opportunity to spread messages that way, but definitely uh, I, I love, I would love for libertarian community, the libertarian community to just kind of band with each other and stop having so much infighting. I know that's yeah. what we're famous for. It's it. We've spent half the time spreading our message to the fertile ground out there as we do fighting amongst ourselves we would yeah. we would be five election cycles further down the road so i think that that's the message i have for people it's why are we why are we wasting our efforts talking about rebranding wasting these resources when we're treading water at best uh and we so we need to keep that train heading in the right direction uh up the hill spreading the message of liberty and uh, yeah, look look for my name uh, on ballots in Langley Aldergrove, and I'm going to be uh, as, as the president of here in BC as the president of the Delta Surrey Langley Constituency Association. I'm I'm in charge of getting new members to the party, and I haven't necessarily done a good job of that. But that's definitely some the next thing on my plate. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Alex, for your continued fight and your continued support of the party and, and uh, you know, what we're trying to do by creating more libertarians and changing culture. And I uh, look forward to, to seeing you in the next election. Thanks for, for joining us on the Liberty Experts. Uh, thanks for having me, Tim.